Welcome to Stiefel's Sightlines Podcast, focusing each week on a topic or two important to investors. Greetings and welcome to the Sightlines Podcast. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's Chief Investment Officer. In this episode, I want to get into the idea that the Fed's dual mandate is a bit out of balance. And uh, so let's get into what I mean by that and how this might influence some Fed policy shifts and other activity going forward. So basically, the way to look at it is Fed has uh, really two elements of their dual mandate. One is uh, you know stable prices, and the other is subject to that maximum employment. And so we're in this environment where we've got uh, sustained elevated inflation, uh, which is weak, right, for that side of the dual mandate, but then a very strong job, strong job market, um, which means the Fed can kind of ignore that side of the dual mandate for a while. And in some ways, by, do, by doing that and by talking about doing that, they've sort of painted themselves into a corner, saying that they'll only raise rates or keep raising rates, uh, keep rates lo- higher for longer until inflation cools. But of course, they're not going to ex- uh, sort of ignore the... Uh, the other side of their dual mandate, the, the job market. And so I want to get into that just a little bit. Um, and so think of it as, you know, we as sort of Fed watchers and investors are always watching to see when we think the Fed is going to shift policy. And of course, they're saying that they're going to shift it if inflation gets better uh, and materially better, I think. And that, but, but we also have to be mindful that they could make a shift if they see the other side of that dual mandate really get weaker. So the idea being that the job market it becomes significantly weaker uh, and or, you know, related to that, the economy goes into a deep recession, which obviously would be a big negative. So let's dive into the details a little bit. Uh, let's start on the uh, inflation side. So what are some signs of improving inflation? And um, I'll sort of talk about things that aren't inflation directly, but that are sort of feeding inflation uh, indices. And then we'll get to the indices in a minute. The first is uh, wage pressure. So wages are up 5.2% over the last year, which really is much higher than the, the long-term annual growth rate. And, uh, and so, you know, I think the Fed's watching for uh, wage pressures and, and wage inflation, if you will, to kind of ease back. And if that does, that will take uh, pressure off of uh, traditional inflation measures. There are things like food, shelter, and core goods where prices, you know, by definition with inflation are up meaningfully over the last year. And uh, and so obviously seeing uh, those component prices uh, either level out, so the growth rate slowing, or the prices even falling will help uh, bring inflation back down. So people are going to be watching that. We know that the supply side of things is playing a role. So supply chains uh, remain challenged after the pandemic reopening there's you know some pressure indices and some other data that people can track, and the bottom line is they'll be looking for improvement in supply chain uh, issues, and uh, that should help in terms of inflation uh, going forward. Now, an interesting one is inflation expectations on the investor side and maybe the business side. I'd say that investors and business uh, participants uh, kind of have a view that inflation is going to calm down and get you know maybe just above the Fed's two percent target. But when we look at consumer information, and this is really through surveys, so University of Michigan, for example, does a survey. Basically, the consumer uh, believes inflation is going to stay elevated, and I think the forecast is somewhere between 4.6 and call it 7% when we look forward. 
And those numbers are really um, elevated. And what's interesting about that is it can be self-fulfilling, meaning that if inflation's expected, or I'm sorry, consumers expect it, expect higher inflation, then that sort of in an interesting way gives uh, businesses and service providers sort of room to raise prices. And so it can be sort of self-fulfilling if that happens. In any event, so watching and seeing if uh, some positive data causes the consumer to kind of ease back on their expectations would be relevant. Anyway, finally, there's the headline and uh, core indices that everybody's watching. So inflation itself, as we see, uh, you know, another good headline print for the CPI or we see improvement in core CPI or some other measures, obviously that's what everyone's watching for uh, because it's giving us a direct signal that inflation's gotten better. Okay, so that's on the, I almost think of that as the positive side. If we can get inflation under control, then the Fed can at least pause its current policy, ease back on it maybe. And I'd, I'd say the market would respond very positively to that. Uh, on the maybe less positive side is a trigger that is from the other side of the dual mandate, the idea of weakening employment. So here are some things that uh, people are going to be watching for in terms of weakening employment. First, I'd say job quits. So right now, interestingly, people are quitting more than normal really to go get another job or to take another job. And so, the, so that's a signal that the, um, that the employees feel empowered and uh, you know, strengthened, if you will, in terms of the current environment and confident maybe a better word. And, and bottom line is we, we think if, that, uh, if that's too excessive, um, that's signaling almost like too strong a job market in terms of what the Fed would look for in terms of balance. And so if we see job quits slow down a little bit, that's actually in a weird way a positive. Another one would be just watching unemployment, and that can be the unemployment rate itself. Uh, so think of it as initial jobless claims going up, which feeds into unemployment or the rate itself. And if it goes up, you know, right now the Fed's projecting it to be 4.4% next year and the year after. If it goes well above that, that's going to get the Fed's attention. Uh, in any event, there's also really excess demand uh, for jobs. So right now there's 1.9 jobs for every um, available unemployed person. The long-term average of that ratio is 0.6. And so that obviously means, hey, that at least listed jobs are uh, really uh, outsized. Now, the reality is, even as the economy starts to slow, it could be that people keep the jobs listed, but then ultimately don't fill them. So we have to be a little bit careful watching that data, but that's something we are watching. In any event, the final thing I'd say about weak weakening employment is that that can come sort of coupled with a, a deeper-than-expected recession. So the idea being that the economy slows, uh, growth turns negative in a material way. Obviously, if that happens... Uh, businesses are going to be uh, not hiring and potentially laying people off. That will quickly get us to weakening employment. And I guess the way I think about it is when the Fed's monitoring its dual mandate, if we see significant signs, or I should say signs of significant, uh, significantly weakening employment, that's going to get the Fed's attention and may cause them to have to uh, change policy. But if, if we're in that environment, still higher inflation and the need to back off of this policy because of weaker jobs or, or a deeper recession, obviously that's a bit of a negative. And so not that we're uh, hoping for that, but it is something we have to be mindful of. So just to sort of summarize here, you know, the Fed, again, its dual mandate is a little bit out of balance with you know, sort of unstable prices in the form of a high sustained higher inflation, but a very strong job market. So while they talk a lot right now about inflation, we know in practice, that they're going to sort of give equal attention to both sides of their dual mandate. 
And if the now positive side, the job market starts to weaken, that will get their attention and it may cause them to back off of this hawkish policy shift. That's what we wanted to cover uh, in this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And we will speak with you on the next one. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Stiefel's Sightlines. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each week's podcast in your feed.